it's one thing to make money, but if you don't know how to manage it, it will just like slip through your fingers. And many of us have not been informed, properly educated around how to be good stewards of the money in our business. Business finances are not the same as personal finances. We need to understand that. And all of the, all of the revenue that comes into your business is not yours to play with. And a lot of people really don't like to hear that because it's like, well, if, if I made $100, I made $100. And I'm like, no, your business made $100. You did not. <laughs> it's two separate things, right? And so I teach my students how to build sustainability into their businesses to include knowing how much to pay themselves, how much to set aside for taxes, uh, how much to set aside for their operating expenses. Where should the cap on that be, right? Um, and for other things like, you know, when and how do I put money into my business's savings? And of course, um, you know, how much money should I be setting aside for investments? You know, where does that go? What do I do with it, etc. Welcome to the Hennapreneur Podcast, the exclusive podcast of its kind, dedicated to giving you an honest look at the realities of making a living as a henna professional. I'm your host, Chelsea Stevenson, a tea-loving, shoe-collecting mother of three in constant search for the most poppin' pair of earrings and the perfect shade of red lipstick. I'm also a professional henna artist and business strategist who went from barely being able to piece together a fluid design to being the owner of the most celebrated henna boutique in my city. I'm on a mission to help henna professionals to harness their skills and grow vibrant, profitable businesses that they absolutely love. If you want to make more money with your art, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, Hennapreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of the Hennapreneur Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about investments. We're talking about investments. Y'all already know that I love this subject because investments can be the difference between us taking, you know, one year, three years, five years, 10 years to go from point A to point B, or it could be what fast tracks us um, to make that same amount of growth in, you know, a month, two months, three months, six months, 12 months, you name it, right? And so while I have a strong value for investing in my business, and this is something that I teach my students as well, I know that if you are on the outside, if you will, of Hennapreneur, and you've not come and ever worked with me inside of one of my programs, the thoughts or feelings that you may have around investment can be really kind of scary. And so today I want to spend some time chatting with y'all about what it's like to make investments and some things that you should think about or consider prior to making investments in your business. Okay, so let's start kind of at the top, right? Making financial investments in your business may feel particularly daunting. I get that. I've heard from aspiring entrepreneurs who are fearful about investing in everything from, you know, $20 a month to have their website up to, uh, you know, $300 for a booth fee at a festival to, of course, you know, the multiple four or five figure investments that are required to come and work with me here at Hennapreneur. And oftentimes the feedback I receive from these artists is that they can't afford it. And this is very interesting uh, because it's not that, oh, it's too expensive. It's that they can't afford it. And there is something there, if you'll give me just a second, that we can unpack even before we get into our larger, I guess, mindset shift slash, slash advice slash insight slash, slash lessons <laughs> in today's uh, episode. But when someone says, I can't afford it, 
rather than it's too expensive. What that means, what that indicates is that they see inherent value in the thing that's on the table, but for whatever reason, they can't bring themselves to make the purchase. And um, so this is something that signals to me a couple of potential issues. And I wanna chat with y'all about that um, today. So within these issues, uh, there are three that most commonly kind of rise to the surface, um, especially the more I hear, the more that we talk about it, um, or um, you know, the more context that's provided to me from, you know, from that person. So the first is that you know, there is you know, a poor relationship with money. Um, the second is that there is some amount of mismanagement of money in their business and or there's this third piece of like this short sightedness regarding their goals. OK, and so before I go any further, I want to be super like supremely clear that some of the things that I say in this episode may be found triggering to you. And if that's the case, I want to just like say some things now to kind of clear the air talking about money is a lot like talking about sex, talking about relationships, talking about weight, talking about health, talking about abuse, right? Many, if not all of us harbor some amount of trauma around money, whether that's big T or little T, doesn't matter. But the majority of us carry some amount of trauma around money that was likely instilled in us at a very young age in our childhoods and that may have begun to solidify in our experiences and our belief systems in early adulthood as we started to actually physically manage money ourselves, right? And so the money stories that we carry inform the ways that we think about things like investments, debt, financial security, what is smart or prudent, um, and what is not, <laughs> um, amongst other things, of course. And so the experiences you had with that penny-pinching parent, right, who was constantly stressed over frugality, uh, or the one who was, quote-unquote, frivolous, you know, frivolously spending on non-necessities, um, your experiences with the aunt who, you know, who had it like that, you know, or the uncle who was known to just gamble it all away and whose life, you know, was constantly in ruin or he was constantly on the verge of, uh, you know, just being in, sh in financial shambles. You know, all of these things have colored your beliefs about what is responsible, what is safe, what is reckless, what is acceptable. And I want to honor the fact that all of these stories have contributed to the whole person that you are and they, they serve a purpose, right? And, <laughs> and I also want to invite you to be open to assessing what comes up for you as you hear me talk about money today. Because whatever comes up for you is kind of like a, it's a nudge, it's a hint for you to explore that further and see where does this belief come from? Who did I see in my history? Who did I see in my upbringing? Who did I see in my um, adolescence or my early adulthood or in my adulthood whose behaviors maybe um, informed the way that I'm feeling? Whose narrative is this? You know, where did that come from? Because it doesn't just happen. Otherwise, we would all think and believe the same things about money, right? But that's just not true. So um, as you're hearing me talk about money today, I do want to invite you to gently, right, be gentle with yourself, but to gently also peel back layers and be open to exploring, uh, making inquiry around where is this coming from exactly, right? 
because yeah, this is this is this is something that is going to require unpacking. And I, you know, firmly believe that there's, you know, it it will take much more than this single podcast episode for you to do all of the work around money mindset. Um, but I at least want to kind of dip your toes into these concepts so that you can begin to, you know, begin to swim around in it, begin to just acclimate yourself to it a little, right? So there's no judgment here, but there is an opportunity to take a step back and look at your beliefs more objectively and to question, are these beliefs that are serving you as you strive towards the dreams that you hold for your future self, okay? So with that said, when I hear from aspiring entrepreneurs that they can't afford to make a particular investment, especially when they have already identified for themselves that the thing they're considering investing in is exactly what they need. It is valuable. It is a great deal. It is a great opportunity. It is blah, blah, blah. It makes me raise a brow, right? Poor relationships with money can manifest in a number of ways, but I've noted it to most commonly manifest itself as a symptom of another issue, actually, and that is a lack of self-trust. When we don't trust ourselves to make good decisions, uh, when we don't trust ourselves to follow through with our words and our goals, um, or when we don't trust ourselves to otherwise be capable and deserving, these are two things, capable and deserving of the things we'd like to accomplish or achieve, we'll often shy away from putting our money where our proverbial mouths are, right? And with that, you know, you know, that concept of betting on oneself, you know, that really does require that you trust and believe that you are capable of doing the thing that you're saying you will do. And if there's an underlying crack in your self-belief, it'll be challenging for you to place that bet tangibly by way of a financial investment to support that said vision or goal. And so I see this oftentimes with my clients prior to them coming to work with me, right? So before they come to work with me, they're often incredibly trigger shy about making the investment. And I get it, depending on where you are in your business, depending on what's going on with your family, you know, your household finances, depending on what, um, what type of financial capacity you have, th this can be, it can be a lot. I mean, coming to work with Hennepreneur can range anywhere from, you know, 1500 if you're doing like a half day VIP day um, to, you know, 15000 um, And that's, you know, when you're coming and you're working in my larger program, we're working together for a year. And it actually can go beyond that if you have very close uh, proximity work to me, right? And so depending on the depth of work that we're doing together, that investment may feel very scary. And I can tell you, there have been people who've come and that $1,500 feels like the end of the world. And I get it. I get it. And there are people who come and the 15,000 or the 30,000 feels like, I gotta take a breath. Is this what I really want? And I get it. It is okay, right? I know that it's scary. First of all, I require a certain level of investment from my clients, from my students here at Hennepreneur, because the more skin you have in the game, the more likely you are to show up and do the work. And that matters to me. The great news is a lot of people can't afford to come and work with Hennepreneur, which is perfect because I don't have the energetic capacity, nor do I have the desire to work with many people, right? I want to work with the, the select few who are ready to do the work, who are incredibly called towards their vision, who are incredibly excited and are like, yes, I am all in. 
And if that's you, wonderful. Perhaps you and I will be a great fit, right? So I get it. It's meant to be scary. And it is. It probably is downright scary to put that type of money on the table. The good news is that once we've begun working together, you and I will actually build and nurture self-trust and mindset with coaching, making it easier for you to be able to make choices that support your goals in the future. And so this, I'll tell you, I mean, this comes up all of the time with my students, right? Um, those that are working, especially those who are working with me inside of Hennepreneur Pro, um, you know, that's my year-long container. And there we have, you know, we have consistent coaching or those who have me on retainer as their coaching consultant, right? Those people, we, can, we, we constantly work on the mindset piece as well. And it's always one of those things that, you know, when I do a check-in at the end of us, working together and I ask, what really surprised you about um, the personal growth that you've had over the time we've worked together? They always point to the fact that their self-trust has been totally just revamped, revitalized, nurtured to a point where they feel so incredibly confident about their identity, not just as a, a, a entrepreneur, but as a human being, as a person, as a whole capable, competent person and they're like, I just feel so ready. I can go out and I know that I can trust that I can do anything because of the work that we've done, the mindset work that we've done together over this time. And I just love that. I love to hear feedback like this, right? So that first step though, I know it can feel super daunting because you've not yet had, you know, the perhaps the support and the nurturing um, and the calling to <laughs> cultivating that self-trust. But if you can get over that hard part of making that first big investment, Friend, I'm telling you what's on the other side, it is, it's amazing, it's phenomenal, right? So then there's this piece around mismanagement of money, right? And management of money in your business or the mismanagement of money in your business truly is another common issue. Now, when I hear from an aspiring henna artist and they don't know how much money they've made in the last month, in the last quarter or year to date, right? It tells me that they don't have a solid vantage point of their business's finances. And so, of course, <laughs> of course, making investments for the future, especially ones that feel scary, when you aren't even really sure about where you stand in the present, like, of course, that's going to be rough, right? And of course, you're going to hesitate about that. Of course, you're going to feel like, oh, I'm really unsure. And on the other hand, there's these, you know, on the other hand, I'll experience, henna, uh, you know, henna artists, these aspiring entrepreneurs who they, who they know what they've made. And maybe they say, hey, you know, Chelsea, I made, you know, I made $5,000 this year. I made $10,000. I made $20,000. I made $30,000 or sometimes even more um, in revenue, but that they can't afford to invest in the next big thing for the business. Like, that's when I start to look at you kind of funny and I begin to wonder what the financial infrastructure of your business looks like. Do you want more bookings with clients who say things like, do whatever you want, I love all of your work, and who rave about how amazing your art is to anyone who'll listen? You know, the ones who respect your time, pay your rates without flinching, come back over and over again, 
and who leave a juicy, generous tip to boot? If the thought of filling your client list with people like this has you screaming, yes, please, then friend, I want you to head over to hennapreneur.com slash BBC. That's hennapreneur.com slash BBC and get registered for my next business bootcamp like yesterday. The business bootcamp is perfect for hennapreneurs who want more bookings with better clients at higher rates and who want to feel like a boss from start to finish. From smart marketing to designing like a pro, from swoon-worthy bookings to savvy banking, the nine-week business bootcamp has the support and guidance that you need to jumpstart your business in the right direction. Seats are limited and we kick off the next cohort soon. So visit hennapreneur.com slash BBC to get registered now. See, it's one thing to make money, but if you don't know how to manage it, it will just like slip through your fingers. And many of us have not been informed, properly educated around how to be good stewards of the money in our business. Business finances are not the same as personal finances. We need to understand that. And all of the all of the revenue that comes into your business is not yours to play with. <laughs> and a lot of people really don't like to hear that because it's like, well, if, if I made $100, I made $100. And I'm like, no, your business made $100. You did not. <laughs> it's two separate things, right? And so I teach my students how to build sustainability into their businesses to include knowing how much to pay themselves, how much to set aside for taxes, uh, how much to set aside for their operating expenses, where should the cap on that be, right? Um, and for other things like, you know, when and how do I put money into my business's savings? And of course, um, you know, how much money should I be setting aside for investments? You know, where does that go? What do I do with it, et cetera? And so I have a strong value. Please understand, I have a very strong value for running our businesses lean um, and investing most heavily on the things that are going to introduce either efficiency, sustainability, um, and the most transformative shifts for growth. Those are the things that I like. I want to see you spend money on in your business. Um, and just about everything else, you can pretty much pare down. You know, one of the questions that oftentimes entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, I should say, ask me about when they come to work with me, right? Prior to coming in and like crossing the, the, the paywall, if you will, prior to them actually hiring me, many times they'll ask, well, if I make this investment to come and work with you, are you then going to have me buy a bunch of other stuff, right? Like, are there other things that I'm going to have to, what other expenses come alongside of making this investment? And I'm like, no, actually, you'd be surprised. Most of the time, people will come in and they'll begin working with me, whether that's in one-on-one -on -one consulting, having me on, on retainer, doing a VIP day, or working inside of one of my programs. And when we sit down and look at their finances, I'm like, uh-uh, cut this, cut this, cut this, cut this. And I'm just like, just like slashing through their expenses because much of what you may have as a business expense is not necessary. And I believe that it's important for us to run lean businesses. Listen, this is the thing. <laughs> I know what it costs to run a henna business successfully because I've been doing that for as long as I have, right? I started working with henna in 2011. I went full time in 2014. I have been a mobile artist. I have been a business owner with a brick and mortar location, right? And so I know what I'm talking about when I say, and, and I've been doing these things in area. Listen, the area that I live right now is one of the most expensive areas, one of the most expensive metropolitan, uh, metropolitan urban areas that you can live in in the United States today, right? And so when I say that I know what it takes to manage a business and that you can keep your expenses lean, I mean that. And so because I have an eye on 
these things from a financial lens, I'm always looking at, okay, how can we make your business more profitable? And making that more profitable is not only increasing revenue, but it is also making smart investments, right? And cutting out investments that don't make sense, that aren't yielding return, okay? And so I know, <laughs> I know uh, what it's like to run a business with all of these different um, requirements, if you will, right? Uh, whether that's, or, or qualifiers, right? So whether that's that you're mobile, whether it's that you have a storefront, whether that's whatever, it doesn't matter. I've, I've basically played it all, right? And so I know that there is always room for investment if, <laughs> major if, the money coming into the business is being managed properly, right? If not, well, you know, that's gonna be another story. And so I teach my students not only how to generate more money with more ease, but also how to manage their money with more prudence and, you know, how to really be good stewards of every single penny that enters into their business bank account. Which, I mean, it's not by chance. Friends, can I tell you, when I first created my program, my goal was actually never to, uh, to teach people how to open brick and mortar locations. That was never a thought that I had. For me, when I started um, working, when I first launched my programs, my, my feeling was I wanted to help artists to just build more sustainable businesses. Uh, what, and, I, and I really, in my mind, thought that that would be that most people would stay mobile. Truly, I thought most people, they're going to remain mobile artists because that's what they know, that's what they like, whatever. And it is not by chance, friends, that like 60, I want to say the last time that I looked at the stats, it was like 68, almost 70% of the entrepreneurs who come and work with me actually open up a brick and mortar storefront in some capacity, typically within the first year that they work with me, sometimes pushing out until mm, close to like eight, 18 months. Um, but it's not by chance. Why is it possible that these entrepreneurs are experiencing that level of, of success? And let me pause and just shake say, it doesn't matter how long they've been doing henna. I've got a number of students who have opened up brick and mortar locations who they did that in their first year of picking up a henna cone, who did that in their first year of opening a business. In fact, you can hear about these. Um, if you just go back a couple episodes, you'll hear about um, the stories of uh, Kate and Shauna, both of whom started their businesses in, within their first year open brick and mortars, right? And so this is something, I want to say the episode is... Um, what, what could your business look like in after one year? I think that's the title of it. You don't, don't quote me, but take a look if you, you know, or, or take a listen, I should say, if it interests you. But it's like, how is it that these entrepreneurs are able to take on such significant financial uh, responsibilities, right? With their henna businesses? Friends, that's why. You need to manage your funds properly. And managing your funds properly allows for you to make big, exciting, meaningful investments while also keeping food on the table, while also keeping yourself paid, while also allowing you the freedom to do with your money what you'd like, right? I remember Shauna shared, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, Shauna shared in that episode, um, you know, that she's at a place now where she's, you know, she's looking at, you know, picking up some of her dad's bills so that she can pay some of her dad's bills. Listen, I don't know what type of blessing that is, but uh, it's amazing to me. And it did nothing but fill my heart with joy and excitement and pride to hear that this entrepreneur, who's relatively new, right, um, that she was able not only to open up her storefront, she's also maintaining her family. And now she's at a point where she can provide extra to her aging parent. Like, that's phenomenal. <laughs> that's phenomenal. And that happens by way of 
one, managing your, your money properly, but also making smart investments in your business that are going to allow for you to scale and to grow very, very quickly, right? And so the final piece uh, here is that of short-sightedness in one's business and towards one's goals. And I want to, I, I love even just the fact that, you know, mentioning, mentioning that bit about her, because it's like, you know, sometimes when we sit down with our vision and we sit down with our goals, we only think about what's sitting in front of us today, right? And I don't know if it was ever on her mind that, you know, one day she would have a business that would allow her the luxury and the privilege of being able to contribute to her, you know, to her dad in that way. But what I do know is that um, <laughs> if you're not thinking about those things, right, if you're not thinking about what your business could be and you're only focused on what your business is today, you will you will consistently miss out. You will consistently miss out. Listen, if you're waffling and this is going to sound like a little bit of tough love. And I do love you, but this is why I have to say it. If you're waffling about a $20 a month investment on a website that's going to serve as your digital storefront, that's going to serve with your brand uh, representation and brand positioning, right? We'll support that. And it will serve as a scheduler and as a payment processor, et cetera, for your clients, right? Introducing ease, introducing opportunity for them to just schedule, book, pay you, right? This is an investment that facilitates both more money for you more time for you and more ease for you and your clients in general, right? If that $20 investment feels like you can't approach it with, you know, with a, a sense of, I'll, I'll say peace, then my friend, you are missing the point. You are missing the point. Even if you were to bring in a single client that month, you've paid for the expense. If you bring in two clients, you've, you've superseded the expense. At that point, you also have made money uh, sufficient, typically, to have paid yourself that month, right? Something, if you're working on the method that I teach, right? So as soon as you hit three, three clients, four clients, five clients, 10, 25, 50, right? That $20 investment, it, it's like, it's child's play. When you make the investments that are necessary for your business to operate and to grow efficiently, sustainably, and that are going to allow for you to grow quickly, my friends, that's where you see, that's where you see the transformations happen that you see in so many of my students, right? Similarly, you know, if you're truly, if you truly understood that a single $300 booth fee could easily result in a $3,000 day, and let's be honest, typically a booth fee that's around $300 isn't $300 per day. Normally it's that for a weekend, right? So if you had two $3,000 days, um, that's a $6,000 $6, revenue, you know, for your weekend that you put $300 in. Like when you're short-sighted though, that $300 seems like a really big deal. It may seem damn near impossible, but, and if you're willing to get over that hump, on the opposite side of the weekend, come Monday morning, Tuesday morning, when the bank is making the deposit of all the transactions that process, you're in a really healthy place, right? And of course, I'm going to go there. Listen, when you make a $10,000 investment, you come and work with Hennepreneur. That feels like a big deal. I get it. It should. I want it to. I want it to cause you to, you know, think about it. But that, 10, 000, that 10K investment, if that yields you a 50K year, a 60K year, a 90K year, a 100K plus year, plural, years, plural, years, because years to come. 
if it's setting you up with the skills that are you can apply in your business this year and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that i mean friends let's be let's be real <laughs> why are we even flinching at the numbers i get it i get it on the front side it looks scary but it only looks scary if you're short-sighted and you're not thinking about what awaits you on the other side, right? Like, I always love to play this little game, my friends. If you put a dollar into a machine and it yields you $3 back, how many dollars do you put into the machine, right? If you put $1 in and it yields you $3 back, how many dollars should you put into the machine? The answer is that you put in all the dollars. <laughs> you put in all the dollars. You make the investment, right? When you look at investments in the short term without truly assessing the lifetime return on said investment, then you're going to leave amazing opportunities on the table and you will do this consistently. You will do this every time. And I hate that for you. There are many of you, listen, you might be listening to this right now and know, maybe, maybe you're someone who I've had a conversation about this with, right? This is common. This is common, which is why I'm talking to you about it. I hate this for you. I hate to see you leave amazing opportunities on the table because we're missing the boat. We're missing the point, right? So friends, I'm going to wrap up because y'all see I got a little bit preachy, but I'm telling you these things because I love you and I, <laughs> I want to see you do better. I want to see you access the resources that you need. I want to see you get help in the ways that you need it, get support in the ways that you need it, get, you know, get your business set up with a foundation that is representative of what you wish to display out into the world, right? Like I want you to have a business that makes you feel so confident and makes you feel just like, damn, I'm a badass, right? Like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I built that. Hell yes, right? I want that for you. And oftentimes, the, the, the things that you need, right? Oftentimes, the things that you need are the things that you don't want to do. And I want you to unpack if the reason why you're choosing not to do it is because you, quote unquote, can't afford it. I'd like for you to unpack why that is, right? Because with any of these, any of these reasons that most frequently come up, I just explained to you where the flaw in the logic is, or where the opportunity to do better exists, right? So the better question, of course, is, you know, can you truly afford not to invest in your business? And be honest, right? The hesitation that you are demonstrating on that investment that you know is the right next step for you is probably exactly what's keeping you stuck where you are today. So if you are uh, not already a member of the Hennapreneur community, um, I want to invite you to come and join us there because I'm going to be opening up some discussion um, in the group about this. I would love to know. I'd love to hear from the community. I'd love to know what was the most impactful investment that you've made in your business to date, right? And what about it made it so amazing, right? What about that investment made it so amazing? And also, if you're interested to share, I'd love to know what's the next investment that you hope to make in your business and what's it going to take for you to do that, right? <laughs> what's it going to take for you to actually do that? Because um, when we have the goal, next we got to make the plan and then we got to work the plan so that we can bring it to fruition. Okay. All right, friends, I am going to wrap up for now and I will talk to y'all next time. Bye. Hey friend, I just want to give you a quick thank you for tuning into this episode of the Hennapreneur podcast. And I hope that you're really enjoying connecting with me in this way. 
You can find links to all of the content shared today in the show notes located at hennapreneur.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show and would like to stay in the loop with Hennapreneur, be sure to subscribe to the podcast too. You'll get access to all of the new episodes and to surprise bonus episodes as well as soon as they're released. I'd be so grateful to you if you'd take a moment to rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. This helps me to reach more artists like you who would love and benefit from the show. For more ways to connect and work with me or to join me inside of the Hennapreneur community, pop over to hennapreneur.com. I can't wait to support you as you chase your big audacious goals, one henna design at a time.